This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Brightspot Content Management System enables marketers to launch in just 100 days. It efficiently manages marketing campaigns on mobile apps or updates investors on your corporate site, handling it all seamlessly. With over 100 plus different content types and templates, marketers can deliver a customized, relevant experience to your audience. Additionally, integrate your current marketing automations platform and SEO recommendations directly from your Brightspot content management system, simplifying tool management. Discover more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. This is your host, Jeremy Bergeron. I'm coming at you from our studio in Austin, Texas. Super thrilled to have another just epic marketing leader, a seasoned marketing leader in our mix. And I want to introduce to you all, drum roll, Mary Lou Smalders. Okay. Mary Lou is the chief marketing officer of a really cool company called D-Drone. Now, Mary Lou has led marketing efforts during her like 20-year high-tech career. She's served as CMO at several enterprise software entities. We're talking a financial tech company, Ninth Gear, a crisis comm systems leader called At Hoc, and she's earned a bunch of like senior vice president and leadership roles. She's had a, a career uh, also at Oracle, right? So like we've this this human being has a, a, a fantastic background. Um, Mary Lou, I, I did not know much about D-Drone until I saw you guys pop up on the CNBC Disruptor 50 list, and then I was like super excited. So congrats on that, and welcome to marketing trends. Thank you. I love that introduction. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Okay. The little part of my career background that is not often spoken about is that my first set of jobs were all on oil rigs Mm. across the world. So we cleaned up from that and then shifted into software. There's a little secret. Interesting. Did you spend time on oil rigs? I did. I was the lead engineer. And oil rigs, um, they like to call it, it sounds sexy when you call it the Gulf of Mexico, but really I was a very junior engineer. So I was on the swamp barges in these jack up rigs. I get it. Well, I'm from Louisiana. So you say swamp and I'm like, I get, I get that immediately. I was in Lafayette. That's where I'm from. (laughs) That's literally where I'm from. That's hilarious. I love it. Okay, cool. So we can talk about Lafayette for forever now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tell the folks listening to the show, if they don't know about D-Drone, describe D-Drone, and then what are you doing there as CMO? Yeah, that's a great question. Most traditional people in our industry would call it a counter-drone company. And in fact, you sort of read it in the name, D-Drone, as in D-Drone the sky. The founders originally thought of it that way. I am working hard to shift that perception from counter-drone to airspace security. Mm. If you consider the future of drones today, the GDP is unfathomable in everything from critical infrastructure, inspections, precision agriculture, this new thing called DFR, 
which stands for drone as a first responder, all the way to, heck yeah, I want my Amazon package delivered in 15 minutes or less after I push the word go. So drones are amazing new technology that we have the opportunity as a generation to take advantage of. It is not about counter drone. It is really about enabling those productive drones to do their work, enhance our lives, increase GDP, lower emissions by taking cars off the road, while at the same time, keeping all safe from those nefarious or even what we call careless and clueless drones. Wow. Uh, so interesting. The DFR, was that, is that, when would that become a category? When the DFR become a category? Is that like in the last couple of years or? There are a few innovative police departments across the U.S. and the world really pushing the envelope on drone as a first responder. And again, the opportunities are incredible. It's, I can get to a crime scene faster. Search and rescue goes far quicker with a drone. And even you and I, oh, gridlock, there's an accident in my way. If it's a fatal accident, we know the police have to meticulously annotate the crime scenes. Wow. Now they've cut that time dramatically by using drones. Interesting. Okay. So, so why, why this space for you? What would take us back a couple of years ago before you jumped into this opportunity? What did you see kind of from the outside looking in? I'm so curious as to, you could have done a lot of things based on your career and your success in, as a leader and an engineer and all the things. What was it about Deidre and that grabbed Mary Lou's attention? Okay. Two things. One, my original high uh, college studies were in aerospace engineering. So there was that, ah, I finally get to apply that, which was just fun. The other piece is we've all got a buzz about AI. And the thing that D-Drone does separate from our competitors is we have completely embraced AI from some of the very early days of the company to answer two very simple questions. In fact, they sound simple and they're incredibly hard to answer. Number one, is it a drone in the sky? Or is it a bird or a falling leaf or a helicopter? It's actually incredibly difficult for technology to determine that. And once you determine it's a drone, where exactly is it? Where has it been? Where is it going? When you think about that new threat vector, in a sense, that drones can present, you need to have a complete, accurate, and real-time view of the sky. Interesting. So D-Drones, you know, airspace security solutions, there's a lot of really cool solutions. And I'm like, I already, you know, I was on the website and I'm like, how do I get, what was it called? I'm like, I want this one just cause it looks fun. The drone defender, like that oh, one yeah. just looks like that just looks super cool. And the case study on the website about the correctional facility and the, you know, the guy zapping it out of the sky and making the arrest, like just brilliant. Um, but you know, so, so there's a lot of solutions that clearly what D drone does relies heavily on technology. And, and you mentioned this and I'm I'm curious, how has technological advancement 
influenced the development of these products over the years? Because we're moving fast, and I imagine in your space, velocity has got to be incredible. But yeah, how how has the the advance of tech and AI really influenced the the development and effectiveness of Drone's products? Yeah, that's a great question on two fronts. Uh, number one, when I'm getting back to those two simple questions and how incredibly hard it is, AI is enabling us to take many different kinds of sensors and create that single view of the world. It would be impossible for a human to do that today. The different sensors you can think of as like a multi-layered security approach that is as old as time. Jeremy, you're king of the hill and you want to protect your castle. First thing you do, build tall walls. Next thing you do, build a moat around your castle. Next thing you do, put some mean looking guards at the front. That's the original form of sort of multi-layer security. Mm. And we do the exact same thing in airspace security. The first thing we do is we think of radio frequency sensors. We're listening in a sense for that discussion between the remote and the drone. That's one way to find a drone. There are other ways. Let's pretend it's a GPS navigated drone. Now there's no remote that it's talking to. So you can use a camera or you can use radar or you can use acoustics where you're actually listening for the sounds of a drone. And all those layers come together to create that single picture that is inherently enabled by AI. Wow. So so are the are the solutions offered available to the public or it's only city state, you know, public defense like or or stuff available for the public? That is a great question. And you're tiptoeing into an arena that we sometimes get frustrated by, which is the laws of the US and many other um western countries have not yet caught up with drone technology. Drones are considered aircraft. So in many scenarios in the U.S., the protections that you offer a 777 full of people are also given to a drone. Okay, that's crazy. And the U.S. is working hard, this actual, in fact, this legislation to bring those laws forward. The consequence, to answer your question directly, Jeremy, around, can I go buy one of these today? Actually, as a private citizen, or let's call it private security, you're protecting um, a stadium or even a prison or an airport. They can procure and use three quarters of our solution. Okay, okay. The life cycle of a drone incident has four pieces to it. Hmm. Detect it. There's a drone out there. Identify it. Is it friend or foe? In other words, is it my Amazon delivery coming to the backyard? Or is it someone I don't recognize that needs further investigation? It's also identify in terms of being able to tell you what kind of drone, which informs your security posture. Mm. Can it carry a payload? How fast can it go? What's its range? The third point is track. And track is an all-encompassing word for where has the drone been? Where did it come from? Where is it right now? And most importantly, where is the pilot? Mm. All, anyone can use that. 
today. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. implement it, use our technology today for, we call it DTI, detect, track, identify. Mm. The last piece is mitigate, which is a fancy word for defeat the drone. And often the first question we always get, can I shoot it out of the sky? Like you said, your gun looks so cool. Right, right. Today, there are only four U.S. entities that are allowed to mitigate a drone and those even in special circumstances. So, for example, the FBI could mitigate a drone at the presidential inauguration or Mm -hmm. at a Super Bowl game. And that's where we're working to push the envelope in terms of expanding legislation around that. Laws around the world, some are similar, some are different. The U.S. tends to be more restrictive. But again, we see those actively changing in the near future. Theoretically, the private citizen could buy it today. And in fact, we do have some VIPs that really value their privacy with respect to paparazzi or similar Mm -hmm. who do buy it today. Um, And a really innovative solution that we launched earlier this year was what we call D-Drone citywide protection. So we have pre-installed our sensors in over 40 cities around the U.S., soon to be 50 cities by the end of the summer, where we have the capability to protect 50% of the U.S. population from drone incursions. Wow. So you could talk to your local PD and ask them about it if you're concerned. Yeah, that's the part I was curious about because it's like, you know, you have, I mean, just in hearing you, like there's so many use cases for this, for for a lot of this technology is like stadiums and prisons and neighborhoods. And I mean, I mean, so many use cases. And then you also have the legislation that's like, how, you know, how are you as a marketing leader? You know, you're surrounded by this amazing technology. You see the efficacy of what this is capable of of saving the planet, basically, right, in so many ways. And yet you have to navigate this jump rope or, you know, elevator ride rocket ship of like, how do you navigate the laws and litigation? And like, but the world is moving rapidly. I mean, you're seeing it from your perspective probably more than most. Like, you're seeing how fast things are hitting the world with AI and all these things. So how do you balance that? How do you balance that? That is another great question. And it sort of speaks to my philosophy around marketing generally. Okay. Uh, What are marketing leaders trying to achieve? In my opinion, they're basically trying to achieve three things on sort of the selfish, I am marketing this company perspective. Number one, build your brand. Number two, drive leads. And number three, what I call employee marketing. And Mm. that's Folks inside your company are loud and proud of what they do, and folks outside your company can't wait to join, and that gives you the leverage to recruit top talent. Mm. Okay, that's generally what we're trying to do, but I believe that if you take it from that really selfish perspective, of course, the CMO of D-Drone is going to say that D-Drone is the coolest thing since sliced bread. It falls sort of on hollow ears. That's harsh, but it's me talking about how great I am, especially in a place, as you accurately saw, Jeremy, where the landscape is complicated. My philosophy is you can do nothing but be purely honest 
and uniquely educational in the approach. Here's the way life is. Here's what's coming. Spending all my days thinking about the drone economy and airspace security, I do have a deeper view. And that enables me to educate. Mm. And that's really the way you approach it. If you look at our blogs or you look at our webinars, we spend a lot of time on educating. And we pick out in, in marketing terms, you know, we call it the influencers or the evangelists, right? We think very thoughtfully about whom we encourage. Some marketers will say, hell, I'll take anybody who likes to hear their voice and talk about it. We're very thoughtful about who we partner with to be our evangelist. Equally forward-thinking people that are looking to, for example, create the city of the future. And they're thinking of it in this holistic terms as well. I want to encourage that drone economy in my city. And how do I enable that? And mm. that's really this educational or um, what I call knowledge-based marketing is how I approach the world. I think it's especially important in this industry. Do you come up against, like, how often does it happen where, like, you have, I mean, just for sim simple, like, if you have a stadium somewhere that, like, sees the value, sees the drone, we want to do this, but then they can't because of the law. Like, do you do you battle that a lot where you have people that want this technology and they want to use it, but the law is not quite there? Do you face that a lot? Yes and no. Okay. Everybody wants the gun. The gun is so <laughs> cool. I want the gun. And to be fair for your listeners, a gun is not uh, shooting it out of the sky. Okay. Uh, our gun is a jammer gun. I call it sort of the taser of the drone world. Okay. What we essentially do is we cut the comms between the pilot and the drone, and the drone is then automatically sort of autonomously programmed to either set itself down gently where it is or go back to where it took off. Wow. So okay. there's no collateral damage. It doesn't fall out of the sky. There's okay. no fireworks. So, so okay. I want to push that aside for a second. Sure. We also like to talk about, okay, so let's go back to your castle, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Now um, there's a stranger coming knocking at your door. Do you immediately shoot that person? No. Let's have a conversation. The key today in the U.S. is to be able to locate and educate the pilot. Now, there might be a truly nefariously uh, driven pilot, and then you have the opportunity to arrest them or sure. take the drone. In either case, you're getting to the heart of the problem. So you are making some strides. Having said that, in some cases, you do need to interfere with the drone. Again, let's go back sure. to our presidential inauguration example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The president has their hand on the Bible and taking the oath, and there's a drone coming straight at them. You do need to interdict. Right. Well, in that case, um, the authorities do have the opportunity to do that. Where the rub today is, is, is actually in the example that you talked about, is, is a great one, in a stadium. You have a stadium full of people, we're enjoying the game, and a drone flies over and, let's say, drops white powder. It doesn't have to be some creepy chemical. It can just be baby powder. The freak out would induce panic and people would get hurt. 
So that's the use case that we're really mm. thinking about where we're trying to push the law. Wow, so cool. I, I want to I'd love to get into there's there's a lot of really there's a lot of great case studies and success stories on your website. There's one in particular I want to just double click into. I'd love to hear on you. There was there was a case study around um recently Dijon provided critical tech to help Ukraine in its efforts to defend itself against Russia. What can you tell us about the products that you released for that effort and how the company's kind of been able to position itself as a leader in that battlefield technology? Every time I talk about Ukraine, I have to pause and take a moment and applaud the bravery of that country. Mm-hmm. My parents were in occupied Holland wow. and in our opinion the threat is very real to the rest of Europe. I'll answer the facts first of what we're delivering and then I will answer your piece about how we're working with them because I think it's really important to understand that piece of it. Uh what we have delivered to them is the full DTIM, detect, track, identify and mitigate. So we have delivered to them our D-drone tactical solution which comes in Pelican cases. Think of that as one of those big black military looking suitcases okay that can be unpacked and set up or torn down in 15 minutes without the use of any tools so it's very mobile and then we've also delivered our mitigate solution that we've talked about the jammers so they're using the full kill chain of what we do including the overriding what we call D-drone tracker that's the name of our command and control software solution that puts all of that capability on one screen those are the facts the reason i believe that it is working so well is that we have set it up as a partnership i heard someone from a uh, colonel from the Ukraine army described last week that we are the testing ground for new defense tech. Wow. Absolutely true. Mm. They're facing drone threats like we haven't seen in wars before. A little bit in Azerbaijan, but that is continuously escalating and evolving. So what they need is a partner that can continue to evolve in incredibly quick innovation cycles to keep up with the new threats that they're seeing every day. So just as a tiny example that we've talked about publicly, one of the drones that they're facing is a Russian-made drone that wasn't in any library prior to this conflict. We were able to work with them within a week. We had them up and running and detecting that drone. They couldn't even capture one, but they had a recording of it and we were able to build that into our software. So those incredibly quick innovation cycles working hand in hand with the brave Ukrainians on the ground is helping us to enable them to fight that brave war. Wow. I just have to pause and and acknowledge you because it's so clear that you care a lot about this space 
and and you are you are the marketing leader I would want in that in that role. Like this, you care because like look, D Drone operates globally, so you know this is not just a tiny company you know testing things in the U.S. and trying to save neighborhoods. This is a company clearly involved at a macro global level, and I can just tell the energy and the passion you have for it. And it's like okay, that's my Mary Lou. She's the one that's good. That, I mean, amazing. So so thank you for for who you are, and I just I love it. On the on the tip of of operating globally. How does Drone navigate the complexities of marketing its solutions in, in different regions around the world? Because you take into account cultural nuances, local regulations, market dynamics, as you described. How? How do you navigate that? We are super proud of that. I'm so glad you asked. We operate in 40 countries around the world. We serve four of the G7 government nations. Wow. And we have 20 different countries, governments as customers. So we think very carefully about how we are able to serve those different entities. And the other challenge for a marketing team is that the it's not just um, geographical diversity, it's also um, sort of usage diversity. When you think about it, uh, Ukraine being the absolute tip of the spear in terms of aggressive military DOD application. And I don't want to minimize it, but down to college stadiums, still protecting lives on a very serious note, but obviously facing a different kind of threat vector or potential threat vector. Wow. And I think The way you do that, again, is, um, well, one, uh, the capabilities of the company have to stand up to the challenge. But secondly, it is, I I fall back on this every time, this knowledge-based marketing approach. This is what our solution can do. This is what it's meant for. We'll give you an honest picture of the capabilities. Mm -hmm. And the biggest challenge is often... Not so much cultural, because I think when you have the right mindset and perspective of safety and security, some of the cultural barriers fall away. Hmm. But pure language is sometimes a hard one. And that takes um, patience and dedication. What marketing channels and, and, and tactics or high level, however you care to share there, but what marketing channels and tactics have been particularly effective in in raising awareness and driving customer engagement for D-Drone? I always fall back on the customer voice. And you see that we work hard, especially as a security company where our customers tend to not want to say what they're using because it does have implications for their security posture. We are super proud of the many case studies that we do have. Um, But the other piece of it, honestly, is word of mouth. And so Hmm. we do, which is, I think this is probably surprising. We've done an MPS, net promoter Uh score for those who don't know. 
often used and originally created, well, it was originally created by Bain & Co., but it's often used by massive consumer companies like your cable company or your wireless company will do NPS scores to measure customer satisfaction. I don't know of anyone our size that's actually done something like that. And the truth is I don't come from a B2C marketing background, so I had never done it. But you get the true voice of the customer, not just for external marketing, but if you have a happy customer for that internal word of mouth, which at the end of the day is incredibly important. If you've got a customer or I should say a prospect that's considering your solution and and you can say to them, hey, I could introduce you to A, B and Z in your space that are willing to talk about it. Frank, I don't have to be on the phone. You can have a one-to-one conversation with them. That speaks to the power of the solution. Wow. What what about just your thoughts on on building community? Because to me, this is such a, there's such a, I mean, D-Drone has planted, you know, the flag in the ground. And then this mission is, is I could see, you know, countries around the world being, yes, this is, we're supporting this. What's your approach to just building community with people? Do you advocate for, you know, groups of people online that are connecting in community? Like, how are you building community around this really cool effort? Because it gets to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm so excited to share it with the world. But what's your just thoughts on building community and what you're up to? Jeremy, you sound like my boss. (laughs) There's that one thing you haven't done yet. Get out there and do it. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, we all believe in, I believe in community. It's exactly right. It is especially challenging to build a verbal public community in the security space. Mm. It is one of the challenges in any security application. People just don't want to give their sources and methods to use a term. Sure. Especially when we get into things like um, the prison arena or federal government's They don't really want to share what they're doing. Having said that, around that mid-layer of public safety, Mm -hmm. police departments, sheriff's departments, there we do have the opportunity to do that. And we're working in conjunction with a few different PDs to push this notion of the city of the future where drones will be doing amazing things for us, including for the PD themselves, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, Hmm. where we probably have the opportunity to build a better community than we are today. So Mary Lee, we've talked a couple of times about the importance of legislation in this whole game, you know, that we're in this whole game that you're in. And I say game loosely, it's a very serious game. Um, But you know, we also know historically how hard it is to get things moved through and the pace and especially U.S. legislation and the importance of like where we're headed. And, you know, people, they want to get their packages delivered via they want to get these things moving and they certainly want the safety there. Um, is it going to happen? I mean, talk about just your experience there, because I think it's so important. I think that's a great question. And I do have faith in D.C. This is hopefully one of the rare bipartisan initiatives that's happening in this legislative session, which should be ending the 30th of September, both on all of the airspace security things that you and I talked about, but also on 
the productive drone usage that we talked about. For example, today in the U.S., you are not allowed to fly beyond visual line of sight. People in the industry call it BVLOS, beyond Mm -hmm. visual line of sight. So we talked about how police departments could be incredibly more productive if they could do search and rescue with a drone. Today, you have to have someone on the ground looking at that drone. Wow. And that's another problem that D-Drone could resolve. They're worried about the drone flying into an airplane or a helicopter. With our overall airspace security solution, we could solve that as well. It is bipartisan. I do have faith in the U.S. government. I hope that it doesn't come down to the sort of reactionary laws that we've had where some grim accident happens. Mm -hmm. We have data today of tens of drone incursions at airports every day in the U.S. And we have defense against those now, right? The ones that are happening every day, or it's just, it's just we're seeing it happening and we need to do something about it? The latter. Okay, okay. So it. we can see many of the drones. Okay. But the toolbox that airports have today does not yet have the mitigation piece of it. Wow. And you and I know how interesting it can be to work with the FAA on, on things as well. Uh, we had another company come on the another show a couple of years ago and talking if they finally got through the FAA and talked about the process of how difficult that was. And again, a lot of old stuff in there. Um, yeah, I'm just curious about your thoughts on, on working with the FAA and, and some of the some of the wins there or what you're excited about and maybe some of the challenges. Yeah. Um, the FAA's mission for the U.S. is to create a safe and efficient sky. They have a tough challenge. They absolutely see and have recently had rules making committee, that's what they call it, mm-hmm. around enabling beyond visual line of sight. And there is an active rules making committee that D Drone is part of for counter drone technology. Okay. The FAA is also testing a lot of our equipment near airports for efficacy Good. as well as safety at airports, Good. which is a fair question. So they have a tough challenge, but I believe they're headed in the right direction. I'll add one more comment. We spent a lot of time talking about legislation and to bring it all the way back to marketing and marketing trends. Not only do I lead D-Drone's marketing effort, but I also lead our government affairs effort. I was curious about that. Okay. And that's because in our opinion, they really go hand in hand When again, you come back to that grounded principle of marketing that I believe in around education. Mm. If people truly understand the depth of complexity of the issue and the depth of complexity of the potential options to address those issues, then I believe you come to the right answer. Wow. And I could see, I mean, how you're balancing marketing and government affairs and then walking that tightrope. They're so obviously equally important at, to the mission. And I could see how you could spend all your time in government affairs and working yeah. and work in and education. And I could certainly see you could spend all your time leading marketing, which is critical to the growth of D-Drone. Um, that, how do you, how do you like that balance? Like, do you love being the advocate and then being the marketing leader? Like, how do you, how do you toe that line? 
I really hope my boss is listening right now because I need more people. <laughs> Got it. Oh, that's great. No, I think, you know, toe the line. I'm going to sound like a broken record. It's all about honest education. It's tough. Being a legislator is tough. Being in the FAA is tough. If you come at it from, you know, put yourself in their shoes for a day, that saying, and you help educate from that perspective, they really do go hand in hand. Okay. Awesome. Um, drone tech and the world of defense, they're, they're both growing very fast. How do you stay up to date on what's actually going on and, and what your customers need? We talked about it a little bit in the sense of the Ukrainian war. Mm -hmm. It is also true with our U.S. federal partners. The tech innovation cycle is moving so fast that almost by definition, to serve your customers well, you have to do it in partnership with your customers. Mm. And our latest release, D-Drone Tactical, speaks to exactly that solution, where we have worked hand in hand with our federal partners to come up with a solution they need and can use right now in the field. We will continue to innovate along those lines and have set up our entire engineering team to be able to do that with our partners. Now, it's one thing to say, we're working with you. The pitfall that you get is you come up with these hodgepodge, one-off type solutions that every engineering and especially support team is frightened of. That's a nightmare. So you have to have the discipline as you go through that innovation cycle to be able to productize that new innovation. And I believe that's our core strength is going through that complete cycle from customer need, partnering with customer, getting it down to the key needs to fulfill that capability gap, and then putting it into a solution that is productized to be properly used and repeated. Okay. So take us home here, Mary Lou, with hope. You know, take us home with what you see looking out into the future. You know, you're someone that I know now after spending an hour with you, almost an hour, I trust your perspective. I trust your experience. What are we heading? Where are we heading towards as a, as a world, not just as a country? Um, yeah, well, just share with us what, you know, instill us some hope and, and maybe, you know, some inspiration about kind of where we're headed, because certainly we can spend a lot of time talking about, gosh, we have all these threats and we got to move quick and all that. And what's the silver lining in all this for, for the world? I love that question. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I'm going to answer it on two levels. As a world, I am so proud and heartened to see NATO strengthen and come together around what could be seen as a small territorial spat. And that gives me general hope for the world, for my children, for future generations. That's one piece of it. The other piece, we've all heard both the incredible opportunity as well as the potential downfalls of AI. When I look at it in my little microcosm of D-Drone and airspace security, 
I can see the incredible potential for pushing our human race forward. Obviously, on the side of safety and security, but at a bigger level, the whole advanced airspace mobility opportunity that drones present in terms of client change, in terms of uh, emergency response, there is the opportunity to help more people and help them faster than we could before. I love it. I mean, this is the part where if we were in a stadium, they would be cheering about the the end of this conversation. So (laughs) this was just such an honor. Mary Lou, I mean, so exciting and so comforting to know that D-Drone exists. And we're just big supporters and proponents of where this, this company, this brand, this mission is heading. Thank you so much for making time in your day from saving the world, literally, to talk to us on marketing trends. Big shout out to your whole executive leadership team and the whole squad there. Please let them know that we're so excited to share this with the world. And um, and to the multi-millions of people out there that listen to this show, we hope you take notice. And so Mary Lou, thank you so much for being on Marketing Trends. You are epic. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had a good time. <laughs>